Welcome to Cosmic Brilliance, and thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Marilyn Melmo, and I have invited back Captain Randy Kramer to share current updates, intel, and to answer several questions that you have written into me and would like answered. I hope that some of you have had a chance to listen to the six previous shows that I did with Randy last year in 2021, around April and a little bit after that because the information he shares is extraordinary. And we did cover a lot of, uh, of what we are going to have updated today from Randy. So please check out the Cosmic Brilliance YouTube channel. Now, for those of you that don't know, Captain Randy Kramer, super soldier for US Marine Corps Special Sections, he did a 30-year tour of duty and is still active. 17 years with the Mars Defense Force on Forward Station Zebra Base, 13 years with the Earth Defense Force and Fleet protecting Earth and our solar system. For disbelievers, he reminds you that impersonating a military officer is committing fraud and is a felony. He has given a legal mandate from his Marine Brigadier General Julian Smythe to help bring forward to civilians truth disclosure. So welcome back, Randy, and thanks for coming to join again to provide us with the 2022 updates that you have received and passed down from your superiors. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And um, for people who don't know anything about you, even though I imagine the majority of our listeners do, would you once again briefly describe, how do we say this, how you were designed to perform the mission early on? You know, just, just who you are as an augmented super soldier, so to speak. Sure. Um, so the differentiation really happened uh, before I was made when Special Section was conducting a report on augmented soldiers and was noting that the previous methods that were being used, which are essentially MK Ultra style techniques, which are really breaking and separating and breaking and separating with the personality to sort of get what you want, that it has a lot of flaws, a lot of limitations, and a lot of overcosts, and um, that there's a better way. So um, they proposed that there should be a better way. Some people are like, yeah, that does sound like a better way, but eh, we like it the old way. So special section said, well, all right, we're going to do it this way from now on. And so I was part of the first program uh, that was done with what we call oversimplify it by saying, call it a with the grain programming technique as opposed to an against the grain technique. To simplify that, um, an against against the grain technique, which is sort of MK ultra style is you tell someone to kill someone and snap your fingers and they do it. Human beings, that's not the way our brains work. We're animals, we're predators, we're kill something, but we kind of need to have a reason for it. We kind of need to understand why we're doing it. And so the more you force someone to do something without an understanding of there being a reason for it, you're breaking further uh, aspects of the psychology and the emotional center in the mind that make it even more fragile and it breaks apart even sooner. So a with the grain technique is... Uh, a bit more about programming and training a soldier to do their job, but you know, not 
but to absolutely have a question if you say kill that family of women and children over there and you're gonna go hey wait a minute i got a problem with that like you know um, what we would refer to as a murder machine uh, as opposed to you know an actual augmented soldier murder machine will do anything when you snap your fingers they'll murder anything but they're they have all kinds of problems mentally emotionally psychologically physically performance wise uh longevity etc so if you train the soldiers to continue to keep their moral and ethical center then they just have to have a good reason so you just have to make sure that there's good reasons for what you're doing so that the soldiers you know don't have moral and ethical conflicts uh with having to kill people on the battlefield in ways in which would compromise their own moral or ethical integrity so that's a really brief simplified short explanation it's really complicated but that's basically why i'm different other people that get made from special section programs are different than other military intelligence programs certainly different than corporate programs corporate programs are the worst programs don't get me started about that um so that that's why we're different uh okay i have a question here Mm. um so this also entails trusting your general your superiors because it's still a hierarchical thing. And so this is trusting that the reason they give you is true because most is extreme compartmentalization and need to know. And a lot of times what happens is they will say, oh yeah, yeah, we have to take these people out, blah, 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 because they did this and this. And you go, okay, I'm in alignment with that. But then they may have completely lied. Oh, you know, I, I won't, I won't undertake a mission that I haven't seen the actual intelligence reports for. So someone says to me, here's what we have to do. Here's where you're going. I'm going to say, show me the raw data. I want to see the reports so that I know, you know, I I will double check someone else's work before I go somewhere because I don't just trust everybody's work that they're handing me. I will say, great. I, I will, I will, I will believe what you're telling me, but let me see the data. Let me confirm the data. Show me what we're talking about so that I can see it with my own eyes and you know recognize what is and what isn't and ask questions if i if i need to because then i can feel comfortable about you know the facts being the facts that is so important and no one's ever said said that and this is always something that bothered me because i'm like well okay if you go against orders then what are you cart marshals or stuff like can be can be yeah i mean like and is the intel ports they're giving you also compartmentalized? Obviously. Always. Oh, everything's compartmentalized. But, you know, if, 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 if someone wants me to assassinate somebody, you know, I need to see a lot of data before I'm convinced that that's, you know, what needs to be done. So um, okay. doesn't, I'm not, I'm not going to refuse the order. But before I will agree to accept the mission, I will want to see all of the data because I'm not going to risk my life or my team's life if I don't understand all the data that I need to know to make sure that everyone stays alive on my team. I won't take unnecessary risks for my team. So I have to see the data to know that what I'm doing is the smartest, safest, most secure way to do the thing that we're going to do and that all the data is accurate as well as it can be determined to be accurate. Okay, but what's your leeway? Now, of course, you're a captain, but what's your leeway at saying, I'm not comfortable with that? I mean, 
Where do you go uh, from there? Well, I mean, if we're if we're talking, so the last job that I really did as a soldier was uh, high value target extraction and termination. So we were assigned high value targets, and it was either a saver or a killer, which means you're going to save somebody or you're going in to finish somebody off. So, but it's very basic in the sense that you know you your target is always a high value target and you just have to know whether you're going in to kill them or to extract them that's the two main things that you got to understand there but beyond that you know i won't walk into a situation that i don't understand and know details about what that place is how many you know troops are there what's their armaments what's their defense but if someone wants a target removed I'm going to ask some specific questions about, well, why, you know, what, tell me, tell me, explain to me why this target needs to be removed. And I would say, I, I don't know that anyone has ever given me an insufficient answer to that question. And just, you know, not, not here. You can just got to do your job. You know, if I say, tell me why, what's this person done, you know, and I will get a list of reasons and I've never looked at a list of reasons, but, oh, I don't know. That seems pretty questionable. Usually the list of reasons like, oh, yeah, that guy totally needs to die. Sure. No problem. I'll be happy to take care of it. Um, okay. So I but but if but if for some reason uh, I felt that I had a personal conflict, I, I would go to my CEO and I'd say, hey, give this to another team. Swap me something else. Give me a different job this week. Let someone else take this target. Give me something else. I, I at, at my level of experience, I could say that to my CEO and my CEOs love me enough that they would be like, all right, OK, fine. To be honest, it's usually the other way around. Usually more than me saying I don't want to do this. It's usually me begging for other jobs. No, no, no. I want to do that one. Give me that one. Give me that one. Give me that one. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Well, knowing so, you, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. So that that's more my style. But but, but yeah, you. no, no. I got I got to know who and why. You know, and I could get to show me a laundry list of, their, you know, show me, I would always say, show me their naughty list, which is basically, you know, show me the list of the things that they've done, you know, that make them worthy of me being able to take them out. And usually, usually the naughty lists are pretty naughty. So you usually don't get, you know, people that you go, oh, I don't know, this guy seems pretty clean. Most of them are pretty awful. And if I want to see specific data, you know, confirming that video files, you know, audio files, whatever I need to look at, I can sift through all that data if I want to have clearance for it. So I don't, I don't kill someone without knowing who and why. Did you ever have to do a mission? I mean, I would think this is likely or at least couple percentage did you ever have to do a mission where they said oh they're an enemy of state or this or that or this or that and then 20 years later you find out no there was a whole different game involved in that whole thing um because there are i'm not saying the marines but a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of multiple sides are financed and played by the same group so 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 sometimes Sometimes. That's my concern. You know, I'm just kind of drilling down to some things that I've never had a chance to ask. And, um, and let me, mm -hmm. the way I can answer that question best is uh, that has never occurred on a non-terrestrial mission ever. Uh -huh. terrestrial, terrestrial missions that can get way stickier, but non-terrestrial missions, that's never been the case. More clear cut with non-terrestrial missions. Yeah. Way more black and white, way more clear. Okay, and so 
Uh, I know you can't share all of it, but also again, for some of the people who are being introduced to you for the first time, uh, can you say along with the first question I asked you, how you were programmed like to regenerate to, you know, for resilience? Oh, sure. Yeah, that was one of the special uh, tricks was uh, from the study that they'd done, the special section intelligence had done, uh, we were seeing a long-term longevity problem with augments, which is basically, you know, the damage gets done and then there's just not enough repair work. And so there's really just a finite lifespan. Well, someone had the smart idea that was like, well, what if we program them to self-repair so that they're driven to want to self-repair the things that are broken psychologically, mentally, and emotionally. So I was driven to self-repair in a way that, you know, I talked to a lot of people in my life who have struggled with their different issues and healing issues and so forth. And I rarely have met someone who said, no, no, I was compelled. I had to, yes. there was no other choice or I was going to die. Like I've never really heard other people say that, but that was my mental attitude was like, oh my God, I have to do this. I don't have a choice. I have to self-repair. I have to do this now. I have to make this my number one thing in my life, no matter what anybody else tells me I should be doing, or I'm going to die. And I, it was that important. So the programming was really ingrained in there that I was going to self-repair no matter what. I was going to do stuff that was going to start the process. And once I started the process, I was going to finish it for sure. Yeah. Plus, because uh, you're pretty high level augmented soldier. So, and we yeah, can't... yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a ranking system for that, and I don't like to go into it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm high on the chart. Yeah, yeah. Randy teaches psionics training, and by the way, he's doing his last one, and I took training with him, and it's wonderful. It's an, another word you can think of. The old word would be psychic or intuitive, True. and um, many of the advanced soldiers have to learn that stuff, and they really love people. Oh, yeah who have those genetic abilities because when they're fighting off world and dealing with beings off world, huge numbers of those people are psionic and beings are psionic reptilians, et cetera, et cetera. So let me back back step a little bit. When you are programmed to self-repair, I'm looking kind of like I'm looking micro macro. I'm looking how mm -hmm. that can be useful for civilians, not only to learn psionic abilities, but sure. Did they program you in all ways like, you know, repetitive brain or did they, were they actually somehow able to do it at the DNA level? That's a good question. I'm, and I'm not sure that I can answer that just because I'm not sure I know the answer to that question. All I can say is that it's, it's very deeply hardwired. Whatever they did is very deep and very hardwired. It's, it's, it's not a thing when I think about that, I go, oh, maybe I should heal and self-repair like there's no debate about it it's really how do i do it what do i do how do i do it sooner than later or else it's really an or else in my brain so it's very hardwired and there's just not an option there's not a two ways about it it's like i'm doing this or else period so it's very very hardwired and it's very deep whatever it is however they did it for sure folks randy was one of the first people many years ago, who was working on bringing out to civilians med beds. 
and designing them and stuff. And I give Randy a lot of credit for that. And I know that our audience like me is very passionate about those rolling out. Uh, We will get into uh, a little later in the show ways that Randy was repaired with that. So Randy, when you said, um, of course, you know, when you train people with torture versus train people with respect, that's a whole different thing because oh, yeah, the soul sure. won't fracture as much, obviously, and all that kind of Starters, stuff. Yeah. But um, you said they had a hard time and they were falling apart. Now, were all these soldiers, I would imagine that most super soldiers, most augmented soldiers and key people, the key soldiers are always given priority on med beds to regenerate. Is that true but- or no? Yeah, because you're a hundred million dollar asset. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'd say generic, generally, generically, that's true. Uh, but there's multiple technologies that they use. There, there are multiple medical interfacing technologies. So, which we're really depends. Later. We're gonna get. Yeah. It. So I, I honestly don't know, like which one of those rates differently on treating different things, what the time is, you know, what they consider the efficiency, effectiveness, preferences for people. I honestly don't know all of that information because I haven't been exposed to all of them. Primary system that we used was a holographic cellular regenerator. So the device that I specifically, right, the device that I specifically refer to that we were working to develop is called a holobed, not specifically a medical bed. It's a holobed because it's a holographic cellular regenerator. But there are nano surgery beds that you know have little robotic arms that do robot surgery and have a brain that's smarter than any surgeon because it knows all the surgeries and all the variations and all the problems and knows exactly what to do so it turns out that uh for many centuries doctors were a very special class of people because it took a very smart special person specially trained to know any medical information at all we're learning that we actually have tools that are better than doctors, that we have things that are better at diagnosing, repairing, fixing, doing surgery than an actual person to diagnose and treat is, that there's just machines and computers that are better at it than any person is. So we mostly have medical technicians. We don't have a lot of doctors. We have mostly med techs. There are always doctors who oversee groups of med techs, and there's always a doctor somewhere, but you rarely see them. I rarely ever see the doctor when I'm in, you know, a medical unit getting repair. It's always the technicians and everybody else. But there's a doctor somewhere, you know, you want someone who's got that medical degree and has all that personal training and work for it, I suppose. But as far as what does the diagnostics and the actual repairing, it's computer operated machines that are just better at it than any person is. Yeah. That I can I can totally get that. Um I would add healing and just being hugged will never be replaced by a machine, but, but, but. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to say that, you know, the machines will heal the world, but if you want to talk about fixing a damaged liver or putting a damaged hand back together or brain surgery or heart surgery or any of those things, the machines do it better. And humans that's. Will al- humans will always give a hug better than a computer will give a hug, but you know, Hugs don't do heart surgery, but those are good. Okay. And um, when these med beds roll out, which we're going to talk about a little later, um, 
when they roll out, my understanding is hopefully it'll be in clinics and we're going to need, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of nurses that are going, I can't wait to be trained in those, you know, and sure. you know, right people, they have to, they, because what, what we can do is transfer people who've been medically trained, right? Because yeah. they're already oh, yeah. going to be up to speed somewhat and then start training them in that. Because when these are oh, yeah. all over the world in medical facilities, um, this is a job in the future that would be so exciting because in anywhere from an hour to a couple days, that person is walking out as a miracle. Yep. <laughs> I yeah. mean, versus what's happening now. Would you agree with that, Randy? Pretty much. Um, I, I, I will be a bit of a wet blanket and a negative Nelly, though, and okay. say that I hear the rumors like everybody else does. I have heard people making claims like everybody else does. I have yet to hear one substantiated report that has come to me in a way that I can say, oh, that is a legitimate claim that this technology is coming from this source to this area at this time. I, I will actually name someone by name who I think is an absolute con artist and charlatan uh, who has been pitching to people a device that I don't think is real, that I don't think really works, that he's taking people's money, saying that he's going to be able to get them treatments when they build a prototype. And he is an absolute con man. His name is Jared Rand. Uh, and I don't even think that's his real name. I think that's a fake name. He's a total con man. And he's been talking about this for years. And I'm not trying to lay blankets on everybody, but I'm going to say specifically one or more people that I have heard make claims are absolutely positively have no reason to be able to have any authority to be making those claims. And they're taking people's money in some cases. Yes. So, so now, now, I'm, now here's what I'm going to say to that. I am willing to like go be totally on board. And I would, you know, if someone could show to me, because again, I hear rumors, but no one I've been able to get on the phone and say, okay, who's got the prototype? Who's got it? Who's got the machine? Tell me someone who's been in it. Mm -hmm. I want to talk on the phone to someone who had their foot replaced. I, you know, like, tell me, show me something more than just, mm -hmm. you know, you say that this thing is happening. I need more than just you say it is. Mm -hmm. And no one, not one person, has been able to demonstrate that. So I believe, based on the, the information that I've been given, these technologies will be coming in a post-invasion scenario. Now, right, which we'll, get, we'll, which we'll get into. It's still going to happen. It's, it's an, it is an eventual inevitability, but I think a lot of people misunderstand when that is. Yes, which they do, because your viewpoint of the timing of that is different than others. The med bed you're the most familiar with is what you call uh, is based on. I love this um, dominant resonant frequency. Dominant <laughs> harmonic uh, resonance. Oh my yes, God, I yes, which makes total sense. You know that the cells go to the most dominant, healthy, and multiply. Yeah, you're basically you're basically projecting a holographic image of a perfect cell at a cellular resolution level that tells the damaged cell, hey, you should be like this perfect example of what we're projecting over the top. So yeah, the resonance, dominant harmonic frequency resonance. There's a frequency in there. Dominant there harmonic go. frequency resonance. I knew there was a word in there. And that <laughs> essentially takes the damaged cell and it just, it repairs itself. That's the other amazing part about it is that the device itself, the machine, the bed is not doing the cellular repair. Your body is doing the cellular repair. It's just being told to do it in such a way that it can accept the message. 
They can go, oh, okay, I can do that. Yes. And, and, and that was that. one of the most fascinating things you shared. And I just totally loved it because I believe you said the cells actually want and need to tell people about yeah. that. Cause that's so yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cells in your body want to be healthy. They want to like repair They want to be perfect. And so when they're damaged, the part of your brain and your body that doesn't remember or know how to repair them gets frustrated and confused but they want to be. So the minute that you give them the perfect example and go, no, 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 this is what you want to do. Here's the perfect example. The cells go, oh, thanks. That's exactly what I needed. I just needed to be reminded of what my perfect state was so that I could do that again. So the, the, so damaged, cool. the damaged cell, when it's damaged, not unlike human beings can be, doesn't think that it can be repaired because it's damaged. Yes. But it wants to be. Yes. It absolutely wants to be. And yeah. that's the whole purpose for your psionic, one of the purposes of your psionic training, but also what it seems to me our major focus should be doing our work so that we get our soul, whatever you want to call it, mind, body, right? And emotions in coherence mm -hmm. because the coherence, the dominant harmonic frequency will then allow the cells to go, oh, okay, I get it. And of course, they use this in Olympics by visualizing first, sure. by the intention of positive. Yeah. So I'm always, um, you know, I get a lot of responses from people and they said, oh, we found the med beds, you know, because everyone goes, when are they going to roll out? When are they going to roll out? And um, we're always thinking sooner than later, but uh, I know they're going to roll out. And what they're saying is, oh, is I found the med better. There was this med better. There's this one in Germany. And I write back and I say, more or less, um, yes, they're using the name because they're capitalizing on it. Sure. They're trying to, you know, it's usually frequencies or something else. But what I say is it's not the med beds I know that right. are advanced. And right. I prefer to wait for them. And of course, that's hard for people because there's so, the, you know, there's so much pain and suffering for people. And um, so, so they're like, a, you know. And we know yeah, I know someone who I know someone who actually built a resonant frequency mat. Is that, that's kind of, it, is that yeah. the raw guy? Yeah. yeah. And and he's calling it a med bed, which is fine. And I and I'm sure that whatever he's designed, because he's a genius at designing shit, does something. But will it grow an arm back? You know, until I can see it grow an arm back, it doesn't grow an arm back. And that's that's not a real like futuristic yeah. high tech you know, medical yeah. bed technology, if it can't fix a, a damaged limb and put fingers back on hands, then it's, it's not quite, doesn't qualify in my book. Me, me neither. I'm like, I don't want to settle for less, even though some people need other things more simple. Done. That's our tourist raw folks. And I think my sense is he's a walk-in and um, what, you know, like, a, I, a, I think that's what he says. Yeah. If, if I'm recalling correctly. And, um, I love that conversation you and him did. It was so cool. Oh, yeah, like, he's a great dude. No, I love like him watching two multidimensional beings have a conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, he's a great dude. And 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 look, resonant stuff helps. It's just usually what you do need to do to get the benefit of a resonance machine like that is daily use over weeks, months at a time to repair like really damaged stuff. So I'm not saying they don't work. I'm just saying if it can't put your fingers back on a hand in, you know, less than five days, it doesn't qualify as the same thing to me. But I'm, I don't want to poo-poo those devices. I know people who make other stuff. Um, 
Um, my other buddy here in town, uh, Jason, who has the iTaurus company, his resonant devices are the most advanced of anything that I've ever seen. And they work. And, and he's, you know, collected some evidence, uh, medical data on people who've had problems, who've used them and had, you know, amazing recoveries. But this is still a resonant device that takes time. You, you got to get your own and you got to have it in your living room or whatever. And you got to use it every day to get the benefit that, you know, a more advanced machine could just do the, do it all at once in a matter of minutes or hours. And then, you know, you're out the door. So, and, um, you know, I'm, why don't we roll into this and then I'll backtrack a little bit. You have had so much personal experience on the med beds. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I've been, I've been patched together thousands of times. Yeah. Thousands. So, folks, he's the one to talk to about this, even though some a lot of times they put the person out. So, oh, yeah, I was unconscious for most of the time. But, you know, you wake up and your parts are coming back together and you're like, oh, they're putting me back together. Yeah. Yeah. So you've actually do I remember this right? I thought this was so cool. You actually have been decapitated multiple times. Multiple, like three at least, right? No, it's like more closer to a dozen times. It's closer to a dozen times. Okay. So, and that goes in the freezer and the da, 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 da. so then so they, they have to they have to take your head and they put it they say they put it in the freezer. What they're really putting it into is a stasis field. This chamber. The, so the stasis field basically slows the rate of time down so that you're dying very, 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 very slowly. So that they can patch you back together, you know, sooner. But it basically just slows down the death process. So you're you what would be what would take seconds, you know, to die now can take hours because they stick your head in a stasis field and it's going to take hours to die in what would have been a few seconds. Why don't you give people an extreme example of how you were healed? Because my sense of these med beds, I've heard about four, five advanced ones. But um, my, I really resonated with the dominant frequency thing, because to me, it's a micro macro rule that we can even apply in our lives daily here. Sure. The, the other thing is, I don't want to forget, if you're willing to share one of the key amazing things for me that I learned in your psionics class, which is awesome, people, and um is the interesting fact about why one needs to do a practice daily in terms of nerve synapses. Oh, sure. So it's the the way that your brain develops, the way that it works is um, I often talk to my students and I do this curling motion when I talk about it. So there's a mnemonic with me doing a curl motion and talking about the brain muscle. So the way that your brain develops when you're talking about psionic development is in the same way that a muscle develops. So without, with, if you don't work that muscle, it weakens, it atrophies, and it can't lift heavy objects. So the reason you have to do mental discipline practice every day is the same reason if you want to transform the muscles in your physical body, you get to go to the gym every day or do yoga every day. And if you do it every day, every day, every day for some weeks or months, you'll transform your body into something, you know, stronger and more flexible and in better shape. And if you stop doing it, 
you, you, you get all buff and cut and then you stop going to the gym for a month. Well, then, you know, you go back to flat. So the brain sings. So the more you practicing and training and building it, the stronger and better it gets. The minute that you stop. Now, if you miss a day, I tell my students, don't kick yourself in the butt if you missed a day, if you missed two days. If you miss three days in a row, kick yourself once, but don't kick yourself for missing a day or two, right? But you you still really want to be consistent, but just accept that it's okay if you miss one once in a while, right? Don't beat yourself up because you missed a day, right? Right. But it's the consistency over time. You've got to have that consistency over time. So in a month or two months, you want to have consistency with no more than a day or two occasionally broken in there where you missed your schedule. You want to be on that shit because if you stop, you start to, you know, atrophy again. And so if, if you're developing, 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 and then you go, Oh, I'm going to stop meditating for a month. Well, you just unwound a whole bunch of work that you did because you let your brain muscle get lazy and stop working. So the reason you have to do it every day is the same reason if you want your body to be, you know, ready to go to the Olympics, you got to go to workout, gym, yoga, whatever you're doing every day, every day, because the brain muscle is like your body muscles. You have to build it, make it stronger and keep doing it. The minute that you stop, it will weaken. And I want to emphasize this. Anyone who thinks that their brain muscle is strong and not been doing this every day you really don't know how strong your brain can be. Whatever you think is strong right now is weakness compared to if you get at that shit every day, then you will see the benefit of that. Let me tell you the feedback I get from my students who've been at it. They have been making tremendous leaps and bounds uh, development in their lives in so many ways. Um, One of my students yesterday compared the process to... um, going from, you know, a fish swimming in an ocean to being a nuclear submarine in the ocean. That was how he feels about it. He's like, I feel like I was a fish, you know, bobbing around, couldn't control what I was doing. And now I'm a nuclear submarine cut through the water. I mean, that's his personal experience of, of how he feels now after doing daily development. So people really just, if, if you haven't done the practice every day, every day to really get that strength, then you just don't know. You, you, you think maybe what you're doing is good enough or strong enough. And I'm just here to tell you, if you really want to make leaps and bounds of development that we need to make, you can't do it half-ass. Uh, the other thing I compare it to is playing a musical instrument. Nobody ever made first chair playing violin by practicing a couple of days a week. So if you, the brain, your body, psionic development is as takes as much work and precision to be really good at it, as playing a musical instrument. Now you, anybody can pick up a musical instrument, watch a YouTube video and pluck out, you know, a song, right? It wouldn't, anybody can learn to do that in a pretty short period of time. So I encourage my students, look, you can get up and pedal on the bicycle. You can get up and do this. It's easy to do. It's easy to start. It's hard to master. So anybody can pick it up in a few minutes, but it takes that daily practice over time. If you want to be any good at it, just like playing a musical instrument. Okay, that is great. And there was one other little thing, though, I would like you to clarify, if I remember this right, Randy, um, which was a top motivator for me, because I'm always into integrating all the different aspects. So because everyone said you should always have a daily practice, no matter what you do. And we all know that we all go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But what you described, what happens to a synapse 
Oh, myelin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's yeah, what yeah. I want you to share. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so you have uh, a, a synapse between neurons, and you have um, electrical impulses that travel along that synapse to do information. So, let's say something simple. Let's say I'm a tennis player. So, and I want to swing my arm and hit the tennis ball. So, Let's say I'm just starting out. I'm, I've never, I've never played, but I'm just starting to play, and I'm going to be a professional tennis player. Okay, so the first time I swing that racket, right, the neurons connect a synapse that are about me seeing where the ball is, I, where my eyes are, judging where my hand has to be, and connecting with the ball at the right time, at the right spot, you know, just right. And probably the first time I do that, I'm going to hit it wrong, or I'm going to miss, and my brain's going to go whoop. And I'm going to do it again and again and again. And eventually I'm going to hit it. And then eventually I'm going to hit it again. And eventually I'm going to hit it again. What happens is the more I do that, the difference between doing that a hundred times and 10,000 times is the amount of myelin that wraps around that synapse through the repetitive practice. And what myelin does is actually accelerates the speed at which those electrical impulses can move down that neural pathway. So the reason why a tennis player who's been playing for 20 years can just in the blink of an eye, see the ball and hit it where they want it exactly, have it sing exactly where they want to go is because they have wrapped myelin and myelin and myelin and myelin on those synapses over the part of their brain that controls that motion. So when you start to do something, you have it's like learning that hit that ball the first few times. You suck at it, and it's okay. It's because because your brain hasn't done it enough times to be good at it. Now, if you get lucky and you're like, "Oh, I did it the first time," no, you got lucky. You got lucky to be good <laughs> at something consistently over time. You have practice, 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 practice. So you want to be good at anything. Doesn't matter what it is. It takes that dedication of repetitive motion of doing that thing again and again and again. And when we're talking about meditation, psionic skills, psionic abilities, same, same, same. You want to do that training again and again and again and again repetitively so that you're building the speed at which your brain can do that function. It makes it, and then it's like second nature. Then, then you're not thinking, you're not even thinking about it anymore. You're just doing exactly what your brain and your body know and have trained to do. Thank you, Randy. That myelin sheath, and by the way, um, I, be, I believe from my anatomy classes, the myelin sheath is the fatty yep. sheath that surrounds the nerves. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, also, one more thing added to that, which really excited me, is if I have this right, maybe wrong. Because this also made that the myelin sheath made a huge impact. The other thing that made a huge impact for me was when you start to, okay, so we all have these deep grooves in our brain from repetitive stuff and we're all healing and trying to start new grooves, right? Right. And eventually those grooves will get deeper and deeper and deeper. What I remember you saying is that one reason you have to do it every day is because when you start, if you haven't repeated it more or less within 24 hours, that initial baby groove or synapse dissipates. Am I remembering that right? Um, 
I don't know that I would have said that because that's not my understanding of how that works. I, I would say that, but I I think that mental atrophy of you know doing something, not doing something. Yeah, you, it, in order to connect that thing, you got to practice a thing, and then it connects the synapse, and then you practice, practice, practice. It solidifies the connection more. You know, synapses kind of connect, the myelins connect. You end up uh, things connect to shorten the distance. Like the electrical impasse has to, uh, impulse has to fly across. So yeah, if you if you start to do something right away, and then you stop doing it, yeah, you're going to completely unlearn it. I started playing the guitar when I was 12, and I think I learned seven chords and could play probably like five songs, and then I stopped. I couldn't pick up a guitar today and tell you what chords are what. I couldn't tell you what a B is. I couldn't tell you what a G is. I learned them. But I didn't practice them. I didn't keep doing them. So, yeah, that synaptic connection went away when I stopped playing guitar for a few weeks. That makes sense. So that you eventually make new grooves and default to those rather than the old ones, just like our thoughts. You know, like we default to the old habitual negative thoughts or belief systems that are no longer updated for our authentic selves now. And so we have to, that's the mindfulness practice. So thank you for explaining that. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a, a pretty ardent behavioralist, which means uh, I believe that if people really want to change themselves, one of the best things they can do to change themselves is change their behaviors. And that can be as simple as changing what time you get up in the morning, changing what time you go to bed at night, changing what time you eat yeah. your meals changing, you know, how much you're drinking, not drinking. I mean, I I think habitual changes, behavioral changes will make some of the most significant changes in a person's life. If they go from less healthy, less functional behaviors to more healthy, more functional behaviors. So I think a lot of what people do to try and fix themselves so that they can behave better is a little backwards. Sometimes you just have to force yourself to behave different for a minute so that your brain can reset itself. So I've, um, I've known, I, I used to have really bad insomnia. I've had sleep issues a lot of my life. I, I fixed that in my life when I really decided to take control of my own sleep patterns. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm complaining to myself that I'm up too late. I sleep in, you know, I don't, I don't get to bed early enough because I'm awake. I'm all this stuff. And then four, I, I sleep in too late because I go to bed at three because I pass out at three because I'm not tired enough at 1030. And I'm on this cycle. Ah, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop complaining about where this cycle, you know, continues. And I'm going to interrupt it. And I'm going to actually set my alarm for 630. And I'm going to wake myself up and I'm only going to slept two and a half hours and I'm going to be exhausted. But you know what? I'm going to get the fuck up anyway. And I'm going to force myself to go all day long without a nap so that at 930 I crash and then I'm up at 630. And then if I keep that habit, I reset my pattern. I reset my sleep schedule and I'm no longer an insomniac because I reset my schedule with a little behavioralism. So I'm a big fan of if you really want to change some stuff in your life change some behaviors, change some behaviors. And because that will change what's happening in your brain, those behavioral changes will start to rewire and unwire things that are happening in your brain that are, that are really habitual more than anything else. We often think, Oh, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, you're, 
you're habitually that. It's the only reason you're that is because you're habitually doing that. Change some habits, break the habit, then you won't be habitually yeah. that thing anymore. You're just stuck in the groove of the path of least resistance. Yeah. I won't lie. It can be hard to change a habit. Like, you know, like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to do this. Yeah. That's why it's hard to change a habit because we go, oh, I don't want to do this. But when you change the habit, you get a change from it. You know, it just, it happens, you know, you, you just yeah. get a change from changing the behavior and changing the habit. And mm-hmm. then that creates some neural elasticity, neuroplasticity, so we can move our brains around and think different thoughts and feel different things and be better than just being stuck in an old behavior pattern. So I think that there's a lot of things that people can do to make themselves better people. I encourage meditation, being centered, some form of self-mastery to just be a better person, whatever that is for you. But I think that one of the simplest things that I teach my students is the way that you get there quickest is by changing your behavior every day, being consistent every day. That will make behavioral changes, neural pathway changes. That will be, when I say immediate, I, I mean within 72 hours. Okay. If you, if you seriously change a habit and you don't just, you don't change it and then blow it the next day and then change it and then blow it. Like if you can be consistent without blowing it for 72 hours, you will have changed what your brain wants to do. You will have rewired and unwired something in your brain that will make it easier to change a habit and to not stay with the old habit. But it takes 72 hours, it takes three days. That is so awesome that you read, you because you're psionic, read that was what I was my next question. So folks, you just got a free preview of his beginning psionic first class of some of the things he teaches. I know, baby thing, but thank you so much for sharing that for us. I know, little, little baby. Um, so I don't want to forget, because we were going to, you were, you were going to present a dramatic example of how the med beds you and I both know about the more advanced ones, uh, how that repaired you and how long it took. Um, I would say probably one of the worst sets of damage I ever got done to my entire body that my head wasn't removed um, was I got bit uh, by a centipede that's about 20 feet long has mandibles about, about a meter wide and it kind of caught me like sideways and so um i lost left arm like across down like lost my lower organs both the legs were gone so i was really just like a right arm and maybe two-thirds of a torso and my head were left um so i went into unconsciousness pretty quickly from that uh, the blood loss, you know, they, there's lots of tourniquets and things that go off to try and preserve, you know, with blood flow in the brain. And there's a heart pump that can keep stuff flowing to keep you alive for seconds longer so that they can treat you. Um, but you know, I got put into a stasis bed pretty quickly and then taken back. And then, you know, I think I woke up probably three days later into that. It took probably three days before I could wake up out of it, which, depends on the damage you know if you're really damaged you sort of really go comatose how long it can take it can take a few days before you wake up and kind of come out of it um i'd say by the time i came out of it um i had most of my arm back most of my left arm back 
uh, the rest of my torso back and they were, and the legs were starting to come in. So, and then I was there for, I want to say maybe four more days or so. It was almost a week probably uh, to get that much repair done. It was probably seven or eight days total. And at the end, there's no scars or anything, right? None, none. You, you, you pop up, you look in the mirror and you're like, wow, it's as if nothing happened. And so for a moment, that, that moment anyway, temporarily, you're able to just ignore any of the trauma because you, you're, you're better. You're fine. It's like, well, I did just get ripped apart, but I'm not traumatized. I'm fine. So you're able to ignore the trauma because you're fine, but you're not fine. Yeah. Okay. That brings up a really interesting point about cellular memory held in the body. Yeah. So, oh, it does. It, the cellular memory gets held. Oh, it gets held. Believe me. I, I had to go through like a moment when I was recovering memories of remembering all the damage that had been done and like just feeling all of that damage kind of all at once. It was a little overwhelming to just go, oh my God, like, how many times can you break something and put it back together? And the answer is thousands of times. And so, yeah, that was, Question, that was a though. lot. That was a lot for a minute to sort of, you know, take in. Yeah. Also, folks, um, please listen to the, the show we did last year on tech. It's called Avatar and Tech. You will need this information, especially for what Randy's going to share coming down. You need to know certain things about how fast bullets fly, uh, what their outfits do, their super suits, how fast they run, things like that. Okay, knowing some of those details you think may never apply to you, but it will create greater discernment to keep you safe. So uh, my question with that, Randy, was in this case where you were put back together, which was a great example, and that took a week, Max, um, were was was your original body regenerated or were you put into a clone so the original body gets repaired until you have until you get decapitated when you get decapitated they have to hatch out a fresh clone body and then cut the head off the clone body and reattach your head to the clone body that's <laughs> a head transplant wow because of the brain because of the whole yeah body. yeah it's it's they can pull you out and put you back in but it's actually riskier to do that than it is to do the head transplant head transplants less risky for some reason what a trip like um a high commander uh i won't mention her name but she lost her husband unfortunately and they have this group has access to very advanced med beds and of course it broke her heart and he, he was completely blown up, right? So you're uh -huh. talking, you know, the ship was blown oh, yeah. up in a battle. And they couldn't retrieve him, I would imagine, because they couldn't get the consciousness back. Yeah. So, so, the, so explain the, that. Yeah. Whether, okay, so we, we really refer to, we don't really often talk about whether someone's dead or alive. You really talk about whether someone's retrievable or unretrievable. And retrievable means that there's enough of a connection, enough electrical activity in the brain, and it doesn't take much. You can actually have what would be considered medical brain death and still have 
enough electrical activity in the brain so that your silver cord is still connected. As long as that silver cord's connected, it can reel you back in. If that silver cord is not connected, it's like a balloon getting its string cut and it flies away and there's nothing to reel back. So if you're retrievable, it's because there's still enough connection that they can pull you back in. But if that connection gets severed, gets cut, then you're unretrievable. Yeah, that would take us into a whole nother fascinating subject of folks, for those that don't know about the silver cord, it connects your soul to the body. And, and when that is, when you decide to permanently leave as a soul, then you can't come back into the body. Michael Jacko also said this, he said he was trained because he's definitely died several times. He said he was trained to when his body was more or less destroyed to hang out and not leave, but hang sure. out. And he experienced this kind of this just dark, steady place and that he would know when to come back in. So I believe also that's part of like how you uh, are like, I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm out to fight. You know, I regenerate, I'm resilient. Um, those beings that are really trained for their missions and war warriors, they generally want to come back in. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so just, no, no, every any any time I was in the in between place, I always had a choice to you know go out the uh, other way or leave the way that I came in. And if I left the way I came in, then I was go back to my body. And every time it was just like, oh no, I'm not done. I got to go back. Like it was <laughs> never even there was never a debate about it. It was like, well, see, so you want to go back? I'm like, oh yeah, I got to go back. I'm not done. I got to go back. So never, you <laughs> never a debate. It was never a debate. So I never sat there and went. I don't know. Maybe I should move. No, never. It's just like, no, no, I'm not done. I got to go back. Got to go back. Got to go back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also, Randy has done 20 and back. And most of the list 30. are, sorry, 30. And right. <laughs> so it's, he's it's actually. Easy to, it's easy to get all those numbers confused. It's fine. So he is really good looking for someone in their 90s, is my point. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Okay. All right, Randy. So let's go into, I know something that uh, is very controversial and you are very passionate about, and I'm having you on the show to share that. You brought it up in April at the end of our show. We discussed it April last year and it is time now. And uh, folks, as a researcher, it is my job to present differing intel and views and today, Randy will be sharing that. Now, Randy, uh, you, I believe, have a fairly accurate record from your general and higher ups. In other words, the track record of what they tell you and when it, you know, and that it happens. And 100%. all of it, right? But right now, it's 100%. They, they, everything that they have ever said to me is going to happen has happened. With, with the exception of the two things that have yet to happen, one of which is about to happen and we know it's about to happen and then the last one after that. But yeah, they've been 100% correct about everything. Okay, so, so that's so. important to know because that's a certain track record. I and, so. um, I'm, I'm not a gambling man, but if I was, I'd bet on the guy with a track record. So he's coming from a good track record. And um, the major thing, and I know that most of you have heard this, and we think that things like we're thinking the med beds will come out earlier. Well, in April, Randy thought the event he's going to share 
would be within the next couple of months. And what we all need to remember is, especially in higher densities and for the time is very malleable and it's not really based on time, you know, uh, it's not based on time. It's based on event priority. Is that, you know, every, every single time I have explained these predictions, I always explain first out, this is an event driven series of events, not a date driven. So it's not about this is going to happen by this date. This is going to happen by that date. It's more like this is going to happen first. Then this is going to happen. 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 And so I've always made that clear. I realize some people don't always hear that part and they don't always remember that part. But I've always said it's not date driven. It's event driven. Now, yeah. in, at any point in the past that I've said, oh, it could be months, could be three, six months. Two reasons I would say that. One, because we're looking at data that says, well, could, like there's some things happening. It could, but we also want people to be prepared. And so sometimes by saying, hey, this could be three to six months away, that's a way of saying, this is imminent. You should be prepared, like mentally, physically, whatever. You should be prepared. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah. So saying it that way has sort of a twofold purpose there. I, but again, uh, when in December of 2019, at the beginning of the pandemic, at the very, very beginning, I was asked by several people, what's happening? Is this going to go away? And I said, not only is it not going to go away, it is phase one. Phase one is the pandemic phase. Phase two is the civil disruption phase. We have had the civil disruption phase. I don't need to go into details, but that's been a thing for the last couple of years. I said that it would also conclude itself in active civil war here in the United States. That is happening. People are being killed. People are committing acts of violence in the name of sides. That is occurring, whether or not we're seeing, you know, battles between guys shooting each other, you know, on the ground. Military trained people who have stated goals of harming the other side that they feel is their enemy. People are being killed and threatened and dying. It's happening. I said third would be the World War III phase. Now, the World War III phase was the trickiest one because we've been watching this develop uh, as far as what the superpowers are doing. And China is the one that has probably been doing the most, excuse me, the most saber rattling. At that time last year, we had moved three carrier groups. And I want to point out that a carrier group is a group, is a carrier with like eight or 10 other ships that support that carrier. So three carrier groups is like 30 or more Navy ships in the South China Sea. Uh, China was flying literally like practice bombing missions over Taiwan, which they've been continually doing. But in that moment, both sides were like, you know, toe into toe and up to each other, nose to nose, going, oh, yeah, you push me, no, you push me, you push me. So at that point, I would say that the aggression between the U.S. and China was very strong, strong enough that, you know, it could have been any minute. But as we got further along, we started to see that they were, it was a lot of saber rattling and some delay. And then I remember someone pointed out, I was like, well, aren't the Olympics happening in Beijing? And I was like, oh, they're going to wait till after the Olympics. Okay. So as soon as someone brought that up and I was like, oh, right, the Olympics are happening. Okay. They're not going to do anything before the Olympics. They're going to wait till after the Olympics. So 
as of like November, when someone reminded me that the Olympics were coming, I was like, okay, China's going to invade Taiwan after the Olympics. And I would have said, based on what was happening back then, that it still probably would have been China first because Russia had not yet made this serious, serious advancement around Ukraine. But what's happened is Putin is in Beijing at the Olympics talking to President Xi. They're having face-to-face meetings to talk about this coordination. And I can say from everything that we see and everything that we know, nobody is de-escalating. Putin doesn't want to de-escalate. China doesn't want to de-escalate. And to be honest, American military people don't want to de-escalate either. We're ready to do this and get it over with at this point. We're finally ready to go. So it's happening. That part is, so even though of all the things that I have predicted, that is the one that is the last two that have yet to occur is World War III and then the alien invasion. But we are so close to the World War III part. I think I can confidently say I nailed that one too. So the only shoe left to drop is the invasion, which depending on what happens will come some weeks or months into the war. Okay, now, now, <clears throat> okay. In other words, we're, we're sharing his intel and what he knows and what he gets, but there's a fifth stage that I want you to present because that's the positive stage. Right. It's not, it's not the apocalypse. It's not Armageddon. It may look like that for a minute, but stage five, which is the most important of all these five stages. So we have pandemic stage, civil disruption phase, World War III phase, alien invasion phase. Those are the four really crazy ones. The fifth one's the good one. That's the reconstruction phase, right? So we go to war with some alien species at some point in that event. Someone comes along and friend from out of town comes along and says, let me help you get rid of your alien and helps us get rid of them. And then we get to do the reconstruction phase. That's when we get to make it all better. And it's not going to be, it's not like though that there's not going to be a tremendous mess to clean up and that there won't be a tremendous amount of loss that we're going to have to deal with there. Let's start with the end result of this and your intel, which what does reconstruction mean? Because I want people to know that according to you and your intel, that is when all the rollouts happen. Right. That's when we get all the technological rollouts. That's when we get everything. That's when all the things change. Like the methods. Right. Fingers crossed all those changes are for the better, but that's when everything changes. And why in your strategy and intel, why is that not till after those last stages rather than rolling out sooner? Because there's no stability in which we can roll those things out. Trying to roll those things out in an unstable situation where you have multiple powers, uh, the superpowers and the Schwabenlanders, they're a silent superpower who don't necessarily want somebody to have all of the advantages and victories that they would like to have by implementing those things. There's, as long as there is this superpower conflict, someone's always going to try to monkey wrench somebody else. So that has to end. That conflict has to end. That has to get resolved. We all have to come to an understanding about it. And maybe somebody has to get wiped off the map in order for that to happen. But that's what we have to do because there, there's, there is no way to do it without total planetary cooperation well that's true 
Yeah. And we don't have that. We don't, we simply don't have that right now. So there's no way to do it without it getting completely monkey wrench. Okay. So let's then have you go into what you see happening. And um, for some people, uh, where it was originally on the table known as the fake alien invasion. And now you would say it's the real alien invasion. Oh yeah, definitely. So so describe that. And then I'm going to have you describe the various players. And then I'm going to have you share, if you will, if not, these are agendas I came up with. The four agendas are agendas of each group, including the military, the Nushwa, and your expertise, Sure. (laughs) Uh, you know, the beings. And um, because in any kind of thing, we have to look at what is the agenda of each group. And there's always going to have to be some positive reason they're doing it. Now, some of that can be more service to self. Some of it can be more service to others. Some of it can be a combination. So um, you go, honey, you got the you got the floor. Well, so I would say that the initial conversation about a planned or hoax invasion was to get everybody in agreement on how we were going to transition through this. And it was determined that the best way to do that was to get everybody on the same page with a common foe. That's pretty straightforward enough. I I agree with that, actually. I've looked at the paperwork. I've looked at the assessments. I agree with that, that that's probably the best way to do it because, believe it or not, trying to do it the peace and love way as much as, you know, the peace and love people would like to think that that will work. There's way too many people that are not peace and love on this planet that will not accept that, will not go with that, and will not play along with that. So as long, I realize that sounds nice, but we got too many psychopaths sociopaths and malignant narcissists that won't play nice if we if we do the nice thing so we have to do some so this was the same thing so what you're saying was what reagan said in his famous speech pretty much if we had a common foe don't you think we would put our differences aside and block and yeah okay that's it it's about getting everybody to agree to work together because of a common enemy Otherwise, we're fighting amongst ourselves because we want to jockey for position, power, money, whatever. So if we can agree that someone else is the bigger enemy, then we can work together and cooperate. And also, folks, a slight reminder here that Randy and others have said in the entire universe and all the beings we're in trade with and on the earth, only eight, only um, 10% are really malignant, like you know, we can't. Work. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah. It's really like less than ten percent. Um, I mean, it's probably the the real number is probably closer to let's see, one percent, two percent, three, four. It's actually probably less than five percent. It's actually probably less than five percent. Well, better. Yeah, if you want to add up psychopaths, sociopaths, and malignant narcissists, they're less than probably four and a half or four percent of the population. But that's still a lot. That's still tens of millions, you know, a hundred million or more, whatever, couple hundred million psychopaths, sociopaths and malignant narcissists. It's still a lot, but it's not most of the people. Most of the people would like to just get along and feed their families and, you know, have shelter that's not going to get set on fire. So one of these groups, beginning with N, 
the word Anne is in Nancy, would be qualified for psychopaths. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're one of the key players. So go ahead. And, their entire system is about how you how you create a sort of cream rises to the top system, but where that cream is psychopaths. So it's more like how you let the shit rise to the top uh, method. And it is a structure that wants to funnel the most psychopathic people up the chain because they feel that those are the people who will gain, who will get them the most victory is, you know, the more psychopaths that they can have running things, the more victory they will have because the less feelings they'll have about it. But don't get me started. Psychopaths are flawed, very flawed. And they often make really inferior uh, tacticians they're often brutish and they can be smart, but they often make inferior tacticians because they're psychopaths. And I, I mean, that the, I could go into like a really lengthy conversation about the specific traits, behaviors and chinks in the armor of psychopaths, sociopaths, malignant narcissists, and why those conditions, those psychological psychiatric conditions are make them less effective at what they do. They just managed to bully and push and scream, you know, loud enough sort of to be in charge at what they do and get people to do what they want. But they're not effective at what they do as someone who is not a psychopath, a sociopath or malignant narcissist. And they are the ones uh, and then I'm going to let you roll with this. Um, They are the ones who initiated the fake alien invasion for eventual complete dominance of the planet let's just say let me see if i can say it this way without saying too much yes um what was supposed to be an everyone agrees upon plan we knew was going to turn into a backstab we, we just knew that the plan that they had agreed to they weren't going to agree to and they were going to do something backstabby and the quote-unquote you know structured invasion plan was going to get very real very fast We knew that, but we didn't really know how that was going to happen because we hadn't seen any action on what they were going to do. We just knew it was coming. Now we're starting to see certain actors on the global stage take positions and take sides on things in a way that is making it very clear. So um, that tells us that we're starting to see evidence of what that backstab is going to look like and how it's going to come. And so I originally, think- originally, the just yeah. short recap, originally, folks, the plan was everyone working in cooperation for for the benefit right. of unifying people. Yep. And then certain players, key players were going to take advantage of that and come in and backstab. Yes, correct. And now we're, we're seeing that start to happen. This is like kind of watching all of this happen in slow motion, the way that it happens over time. So like we've known something's coming for months and months and months, and now we're starting to see the beginning of that thing happen. And it's still going to be some weeks or months before we see exactly, you know, where the tip of the blade is pointed at, you know, so it's kind of like watching it all unfold in slow motion. Uh, but we saw it coming and, and now we're starting to see it begin to unfold. So I, I am very concerned. I, I don't think that, I mean, I'm not hopeless about the whole thing. I don't think I'm not quite ready to scream that we're all going to die because I don't think we're quite there yet. I I'm concerned. I, I think I'm legitimately concerned of where everything's at. 
but I still think that some of the best people are doing their best job to make sure that we all make it through this. So it's still like fingers crossed, hold your breath, right? you know, pray if you pray or whatever, you know, that, that it all goes okay. But it's, it's a risky situation. It's a fluid, risky, dangerous situation. And there's, it's war. It's multiple wars. It's a world war. It's an alien invasion war. It's going to be messy. And there's just no way to sugarcoat that. I, I wish that it was going to be nicer, but it's just going to be really ugly and really messy. And I encourage people to stay home and stay safe. It's really the best right. thing. To do. So what we want to go from here is, uh, and folks, we're going to tell you the details again, so that if it does happen, you can Hang out, be safe, be prepared, all of that, stay out of the way. So don't worry. We'll give you the, he'll give you the details. But first, in order to have the discernment and know what's going on, rather than just be like totally freaked, uh, there are three key players, as I understand it, if this occurs. The first one we're going to refer to as the ends. Sure. Which he just. The Schwabenlanders. Sure. Yeah. Yeah which he is describing their agenda and who they are. And the next one is going to be the particular alien species that actually Randy is considered a world expert of because he had to deal with them and fight them. And in some cases, telepathize and befriend one on his voyages. Uh, And the third one is going to be the military agendas and as I understand it, many super soldier groups are all coming together to cooperate Mm -hmm. for this. And it is going to be probably mostly super soldiers, but also regular military because of the obvious reasons. Okay. So that's my intro. Okay. So which alien species are we referring to here? Exactly. I've met a lot. Wasn't it the insectoids you were thinking are the ones? that are going to show up. Uh Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Those I have not met. I have not actually met that species of insectoid. We have not met personally. I've been briefed on who they are, what they look like, but I, this is a particular species of insectoid. I have never met. Okay. So you met the antids and the mantids. I've, I've met probably six or seven different insectoid species over my career, but not. Not this Are you allowed way. to, great, that's a good clarification. Are you allowed to kind of describe to people what they look like so that hopefully they won't go into amygdala shock as much if it happens? Um, and my is, understanding, it a off, is it a multiple off-world species or is it primarily this insectoid species that you're going to describe? Well, as far as I understand, we're, we're dealing with one insectoid species, but that is as of the last time that I have been fully briefed on this subject. Since we know that there's some changes coming, if, if, if there's something that I haven't been told yet that's a part of this, that's about to unfold in this, then I'm going to be surprised as anybody until someone tells me that it's going to happen. But as far as I understand, we're dealing with one invasive insectoid species. I know only what the reports, the basically infantry reports that I've gotten on like how to deal with them as, as an infantry soldier. So there can be sort of between about six and seven feet tall. Um, so an insect means it's got six appendages. 
They tend to uh, walk on four and have sort of an upright uh, part of their body in which the two front ones operate as hands. So they tend to scurry on the bottom four and they tend to upright on two. And uh, my understanding is they're going to be using uh, like a melee weapon, some kind of spear or zappy plasma spear or electrified stabby thing or something like that from what i understand that could change but from what i understand that's what i saw in the reports is that they're going to use melee weapons uh they may use other insects meaning they may use smaller beetles or other insects as a you know a swarm or something that sucks i just i'm not looking forward to that on any day of the week which hold I- on with that that uh that verifies we just had tony rodriguez on Oh, sweet. And I had him describe that horrific experience where the ant had showed up, but the, first the swarm of the beetles show up, did their whole thing. Yeah. So I w- I'm glad you brought that up because often they work in teams with a few multiple species and that's, they're, the, they're pretty intense. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Very. Look, look the whole point of picking an insectoid species is so they would be terrifying. Yeah. Right. That's the Plus whole point. People are are subconsciously afraid of bugs and spiders. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Every everyone. No, no one wants to see a seven foot bug walking down the street. But hopefully, hopefully we've got enough of a program of, you know, Marvel Universe movies and other things and Star Wars movies to have us prepared for this. So you have fewer people dropping like this. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so at least so. You, that exchanges more people pooping and peeing their draws and fewer people dying of heart attacks and strokes. Yes. So that's not, that's a fair trade. I'm going to accept that fair trade. So if you poop them or pee them, just be thankful your brain didn't explode and you didn't die of an aneurysm instead. Yes. Okay. And we're okay. So basically now this insectoid group and their little pals have a deal with the ends. This was the well. We 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 know that we are they both wanting prime control of the planet? Which no, we 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 know there's a deal. We don't know who the deal is with exactly or what the deal is. So, I I I would say there's a vague yes to that question because we don't know enough details for me to give a specific yes to that question. Okay. So you've got the end guys all jumping. Okay, so how it looks, folks. Tell them just kind of how it looks. These ships appear. Drop ships guys, appear in the sky. Because, because in a suit, you can jump 50 feet, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's going to be across major cities if it happens. You're oh, gonna- it will. It, people will see stuff all around the world. We think that most of the ground forces that will drop down to invade will be in major metropolitan areas. But I am been assured uh that everybody in the world will look up in the sky and see something everyone there will not be a person on any play on a square inch of the world that will not look up and go oh my god we're being surrounded everyone will see that and what that does that's the only kind of positive takeaway i can take is what that does is enforce it forces everyone across the world into open disclosure you can yeah. no longer deny that there are other beings. Yeah. And that there's blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. 
the only positive. And then that's why you were saying, then you have the rollouts after that, because the people are more in a place where they can go, oh, look, we have this rollout for you, rather than, oh, we've been suppressing it for 100 years. And this is what we really have, which they don't yeah. want to tell you. Yeah. Am I correct? I, on I, that as, one? Yeah. As much, as much as I and other military officers would actually like to see some accountability of the last 75 years, we're pretty sure that most of the people who are maneuvering that would like us to forget 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 <laughs> and and so that we can just move on we'll just yeah. be like well you know what this is where we are right now this is the only thing that matters let's just forget about all that i would like some accountability but i honestly don't think we're going to get the accountability yeah. that we would like to see well what's more important is we do progressive movement and i agree everyone gets aware even though they're they're forced uh <laughs> Through this, but anyway, okay. So I just wanted to make that point when you, were, when you were saying it's across the world. It will be over mostly metropolitan cities, and you're going to see some landing beaches, open areas, things. But you're going to see a lot of super soldiers jumping out of planes, insects, you know, all of that, right? It's going to get crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be okay. super crazy. It's going so, to be like watching a movie, but it's not going to be a movie. It's going to be happening outside your front window. Right, and so then you're going to have the military guys. All, all working in cooperation, they're jumping out of planes and they're showing up too. So the bottom, 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 bottom line is for the safety of the people, what do they do? Stay inside, stay out of the way. Uh, don't go hug a giant insect unless you want it to bite your head off. Uh, well, I, I, this is what I tell people. I say, look, if you're convinced you're absolutely convinced it's fake and you're convinced it's a hologram, give them a hug. <laughs> if you're absolutely convinced, someone's got to be the example. Someone's got to be the example. If you're absolutely convinced that it's a hologram, you can go be the example and go be the first one to give them a hug and get your head bitten off. But I recommend people stay home, stay out of the way and try not to be involved because there's really nothing civilians can do to help. You're just going to be in the way. And the key thing is they're not after civilians. Okay. No. This is no. what you need to know. And what Randy wants people to vent. So this is why you store a little food. You have some water. Everything will be advertised on TV, yeah. radio, all that. And I personally am not visualizing this going to happen, but I'm also psychologically as well as I can be and yeah, yeah. physically prepared if it does. And so you guys have already been through the whole COVID drama where you're hanging out at home most of the time for several years. So this also will be part work. It's all prep work. The pandemic phase, civil disruption phase, it's all preparatory work so that we don't completely freak out and lose our shit because we're already stressed about as fucked out as we could be. Yeah, because uh, when they looked and looking glass technology and all that, most of the realities were people just freak uh act crazy uh because all their belief systems the worlds just go like this or jump off oh, bridge they're gonna shatter uh, can have some of, and i i don't mind good old boys but you can have some of them uh grab guns start shooting thinking the apocalypse is happening yep. you know and what the agenda is of this i imagine is they want that not to happen so that the people just stay out of the way and i we did explain in april that 
we gave you all the data about how bullets can go around corners. They can go thousands of feet. The last thing you want to do is go out with your camera, think it's okay to go outside your door, right? And go, oh, let me take a get picture a, of and, them. And get a selfie with a giant bug behind you, right? No, <laughs> okay. don't do it. Because do they're it. going 50 miles an hour. And if you get in the way, they cannot stop. And you're going to be feel like you got hit by a huge motorcycle or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really would just recommend that people stay out of the way because you're just going to interfere with other people doing their job. You're, you're going to make it harder for people who are trying to do their job because they're going to try to keep you from getting killed, which might get them killed trying to keep you alive. So just stay out of the way. Yeah. Stay out uh, of the battle zones. Just stay out of the battle zones. And smart. I also had you do a guest. Okay. The battle zones, unfortunately, the landings are going to be the most in metropolitan areas. As then, we have been informed of at this point, yes. And then as you filter out more to country, you will be, hope, you know, less. The, the, yeah, rural territory becomes less important in a chess game of territory. And so there are certain specific locations in urban centers near military bases, government offices, government buildings, et cetera, that could be key strategical grab points that they're going to want to take. Like I said, it's like kind of a chess game as far as who takes what. We're going to take that. We're going to take this. You can fight over this. It's a little bit of a chess game there, uh, but it's, they really don't care about someone's cows and their barn and their goats. And, you know, they don't care about that. Not not their concern. Unless they're hungry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they, they, okay. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm slightly kidding. Okay, so we don't know if it's these two doing the fake fight against all of you guys, military, that are hopefully gonna kick ass. Okay. Right. Or if these two are doing a fake fight, but secretly backstabbing each other because they each want to take over all this stuff. And you're coming in to deal with both of them. Correct. And let me make it more complicated just for fun. So when we're talking about covert military space program activities, that's not even a cohesive unit. That is multiple nations, multiple countries, multiple powers, multiple groups with agendas that think they would be better off being the one in charge. So that, that's not as cohesive as we would like it to be either. There's a lot of competition within that sphere. That makes it very difficult because we don't exactly know who is all going to be cohesively on the same side and who's going to be like, okay, I'll be on your side for a minute because maybe I'll get an advantage if I'm on your side. It's, it's, it's all crazy. Or it's the all programming of super soldiers that were first programmed and not Wofford and all of those. I mean, you know, I can be, yeah. It can be like really, really, yeah. Oh, it's it's gonna. Some people are gonna find themselves, you know, not sure which side they're on, or finding that they're being told to be on a side that maybe they don't want to be on. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very challenging to, to sort all of that out. So it's more than just three forces at work there. But it's yeah. But you got that right as far as do we know exactly who's together who's not together who's cooperating who's colluding no we don't we're going to find out but we don't know yet we have ideas we have suspicions we're looking at stuff but we're going to know when we know is the truth we're just going to know when we know 
Okay. Now this will be, thank you for clarifying that because this was stuff we didn't really delve down deep enough. Um, what I'd like you to also, so that people feel a little more relaxed um, is, because one of my questions to you before, and you said, oh, that's a good question, militarily wise, is basically your super soldier outfits, your, your super soldier helmet that you are being relayed <laughs> and working with a team that is giving you the overview and how you can differentiate a super soldier in the different secret space programs on quote, your side versus the super soldiers and the hidden ends within those outfits that are you know in their suits that aren't gonna tell you their ends because my guess is one of their agendas is because most people, and all our listeners have been working really hard to correct this, and I'm adamant about this, have been trained for hundreds of thousands of years to give away their power and to just like love heroes. And oh my God. So to me, one of the agendas as I was tracking it was the ends come in, right? Do their thing, come off, hoping to come off as the hero. You never know their ends, Okay, they're not going to admit that. And so everyone's like so shocked because you're the most, I won't say stupid, but you're the most in amygdala and not thinking straight when you're going through something like that. And you're trained to be saved or salvation rather than, you know, holding your own ground. So then through the law of compliance, you, they go, oh, well, let's, we're here to help you now that we clean this up. And let's like, you know, let's put the government together like this will be for everybody's benefit. And in our naivete, we go, okay. And then from a cosmic law viewpoint, you have just given compliance. So that's what I see is kind of their game. Am I at all close to a possible Um, You know, that that wouldn't surprise me uh, if they were thinking in those terms, but that would also just reinforce their tactical sense of failure, because I don't see how that could ever possibly work in this situation. But that sounds like about their speed. But, you know, the arrogance. So so, you know, yeah. Okay. so yeah, for sure. Now, if this happens and it is tricky how it, it, one never knows, but um, my vote is on you, you guys. Same <laughs> and here. Of course, here's the other thing, folks. You have to remember these guys have the med beds. So if they oh, get hurt, we got, we got a bunch of things. Yeah, all kinds things. of things. Plus, they're created special. They have all kinds of things. We'll just leave it at that. So, so think of all the Marvel movies. So, um, if they get hurt, you know, because you're going, oh my God, they're going to be, if they get hurt, they can quickly go up, do the med thing, get regenerated, come back down. Now, the other thing is I was ignorant uh, last year. And because I personally still, I have to say this, do not see that this needs to happen or anything like that. So it's not like I'm obsessing, focusing on it. But I am, you know, I'm EMT trained and all that stuff. And so I prepare for different contingencies and stay positive. That's like my way of being. So, so um, what I was ignorant about (laughs) and Randy, I remember you like cracked up and laughed at me. You're like, Marilyn, as I said, oh, so 
Melissa, will this be over in a couple of days? And if it happens, and Randy's like, merrily, we've been fighting this war for over 20 something years. And, you know, if we're working on liberating uh, a planet <laughs> and getting that straight, it'll probably be two years off and on. So describe that to people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's all guesstimates, you know, based right. on what we've right. seen on paper and so forth. So we've guessed and guesstimated that this could be, you know, a one and a half, two and a half, maybe three years max process. But not steady. So describe describe how the COVID training is, go, is, is going to apply because you'll be at home for a while. Then they'll say it's safe to go shopping because yeah. everyone has. So describe about refueling. Yeah, companies. yeah. I mean, that, that basically, you're, you know, you're going to have to they're going to have to be able to tell people, OK, you know, this whole area, you know, of town is quarantined. No one can go. No one can come in or out, you know, for this number of hours or days because of this thing happened or this thing is happening. And everyone just needs to hang tight and stay put and be calm. And so because we've been practicing at this people will be a little bit more prepared to you know like cooperate with the process so that their lives aren't in danger and when we get to the point in the future where we have situations where territories are going to be dangerous red zones quarantine zones someone tells you to stay out of somewhere they're doing it because they would like you to live longer uh, if you don't want to believe that and you want to go into quarantine and red zones and get killed, then that's going to be your choice. But it's not going to be because someone didn't try to set a boundary and tell you to stay out of the way. So I realize people uh, think that in some cases. That doesn't mean they're going to starve to death or anything. So I no, want no, them, no. We, I want we to, don't kind of see, to know how it's going to. Yeah, we realize. Right. We realize there's supply chain issues. And some of that is to test the supply chains and to test the supply chain crunching and to see, you know, what we can do, how people react, how we can get, okay, we've got a crunch here. Can we move objects, you know, and supply from here to here? Can we move from here to here? Can you adjust trucking, shipping, et cetera, to get things around? So we don't think that the supply lines are going to completely dry up. Uh, we think that in most places, you're still going to be able to get to the store and buy some stuff, even if it's just frozen dinners, you know, I'm not saying all the best food's going to be there when you go to shop. I'm saying you're not going to starve because there's going to be stuff. So uh, and and believe me, once, you know, we're in a war zone situation, they'll start bringing around trucks with MREs and, you know, food supplies and stuff and handing them out to people in zones that, you know, are having supply chain issues. So uh, it's good to have a disaster kit, some amount of days or weeks you know, of food or water. I don't think people are going to need two years of food and water. I know some people want to be prepared that way. Go ahead if you want, but that's a lot of prep work to do. I don't think we're going to need that much. I think the supply lines are going to function basically. So we're not going to be likely to get completely and totally shut off. Um, that wouldn't be the goal. The goal here, because this is a situation that no matter what your intention is, no matter whose side you're on, no matter what you want to do, that watching this sort of system uh, begin to collapse so that you can grab control of it and reconstruct it is what's important here. But everyone who's trying to do that knows if you let this collapse too far, no one's fixing it. No one's rebuilding it. No one's saving it. So no one wants it to collapse all the way. Everyone wants it to collapse a little bit so that it can be 
shifted, controlled, and managed in a different way. But the goal isn't to break it because then you would have just hundreds of millions of people dying. That's not what we want. It's not what we want. That would overwhelm the death industry, which is funeral homes uh, and morticians and would, would, would devastate the economy in a way that none of the wealthy, powerful people want. They don't want to have the economy devastated that way. They would like to make sure that they have people to work in factories and build stuff later. Right. Right. They want you as worker bees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slash slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see. Is there anything else we can tell them of how it may look like? So they can be a little bit more relaxed. They'll get nonstop daily TV, radio. Oh, yeah. It'll, you'll get, there'll be live coverage, you know, that'll be happening all the time. There will be live coverage on television all the time. Telling so, people what's going on. Yeah. So folks get a lot of board games. <laughs> yeah. Learn to play solitaire, get a couple deck of cards. I don't you know. know. You know. Yeah. Go go and, buy a PlayStation oh. or an Xbox. Okay, so here's an important point I'm I'm feeling people uh sending me. Um they're like, what if my kids live far away? What if someone is gone? Now, in our last show last year, I asked that question and you said, "Mm, I'm guesstimating that if you're within two hours from your home, get back home. Otherwise, like, so how would you answer that? Because a lot of people are going, oh, my kids are in college or this or that or that or whatever. That's so. Yeah, it's a tricky one. And and I, I will just say that from what we're seeing in the last couple of years of travel um, pathways being, you know, shut down um, or restricted, uh, whether it's because of, you know, lockdowns, quarantines, or because of in the most recent cases, because of Omicron cases, people can't show up to work. So a lot of the, most of the airlines had to shut down last month because they just couldn't get enough people to show up because everyone was homesick. So what, what we see from watching that happen is that slows the process up sometimes, makes it harder sometimes to get, you know, where you want to go from point A to point B when you want to get there. But we're still seeing people be able to travel, right? People are still being able to get in their car, drive across the country if they want. People can still get in a plane and fly somewhere if they want. People can still get on a boat and go somewhere if they want. So while there may be travel restrictions and there may be places that are less safe to travel than others, I don't think in any way that that's going to mean that all travel gets shut down and no one can go anywhere. I don't see that happen. Not saying it wouldn't happen. I don't see that happening because you're going to want people to be able to adjust wherever they are. You're going to want people who are traveling, who aren't at home, who are, you know, whatever they're doing, you're going to want people to have enough time and the ability to get home to where they're the safest, most secure, most prepared, rather than being stuck in a motel six because they're on a business trip, uh, you know, eight hours away or something like that. You're going to want people to get home if you can. So folks, you know, all of us should be doing this. If you can, you just, keep supplies in your car. Number one, uh, you know, like basic stuff, you know, from first aid to water that you put in out to a certain amount of food, whatever. Yeah, um, it, if a disaster kit is first aid kit, you know, some bottled water or jugs of water, depending on how you want to store and drink your water uh, and some dry food, you know, dry foods and some canned foods, 
if, if you're thinking about a disaster kit, you want to have some things that you can eat raw or that you don't have to cook or heat. So protein bars, power bars, you know, stuff like, you know, nutrition bars can be a good quick, you know, calories, nutrients, vitamins um, that you don't have to cook or have a stove that works for. But, you know, you, you want to have things that are easy, things that will stay uh, dry or frozen or canned or kept for as long as possible. But, you know, you can just Google, how do I make a disaster kit? You can right. go to 20 websites that'll tell you how to prepare for a disaster. And by the way, folks, another idea you guys might appreciate. Um, I got it from Africa. Um, there was an eight month waiting list. 10 years ago and I got it. But anyway, they have really cool solar, solar cookers. So, you know, and you, you know, all this rival stuff, but most people don't realize you just, if you're living anywhere sunny and you want to heat up something, it's good to know because, you know, if I was really coming in to tear something apart, I would take out the water supply to this and that, that, but that's not the agenda. The agenda is to take over the controllers, the people in control, take over control, whether people are not aware of that, and then have the people continue as the worker bees without everything falling apart. So the the water's going to be there. The electricity will probably be there. So on and off, I'm sure some of that stuff will go on and off, but not like shut down and again where nobody's going to have anything for weeks months at a time or something like that I, I don't see that as being the case so have your you know rechargeable stuff your your candles you're just you know you know the stuff that you would have anyway and the other thing is a garden uh when i lived in a, a small apartment on a deck they have incredible oh gosh what's the name of it um they would come on stands and i grew 50 pounds of vegetables in each uh, organic oh, yeah. bin, uh, earth boxes, earth boxes. Right. Okay. And if you're older and can't bend over, you can get stands for them and people would walk up to the part and you can put it on decks and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it might be a good idea to, you know, have a little garden thing happening now. Uh, so anyway, those are, those are some ideas. And of course, Randy is kind enough to tell us how, you know, again, it's, it's all about Intel and this isn't to create fear. This is to create a, okay, a possible contingency plan that according to Randy's Intel is imminent. Now that could be a month. It could be three months. It could be whatever, but now, so the other interesting thing is many of you probably know about Yuri Geller. Mm-hmm. He, he is in his 70s and he um, literally says he communicates with ETs, always has, and he's able to bend spoons with his mind super easy. Mm-hmm. So um, I do believe, I won't mention anything, but I believe he is also connected to a three-letter agency, but it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. still doesn't matter. So he came out, these pictures aren't great because I don't have a color, you know, color printer, but he came out um, last week. So this is one reason I wanted Randy now, because he came out and out of the clear blue, he, this is him, by the way, folks. Uh, Okay. That's kind of like, you know, when he was younger, when he was younger, I have one when he was older. This is not very good, but this is the object he says is coming in and it's sending signals to us in the middle. 
the bright one, and it's flashing off and on. And I want you to re read you this. Yuri Geller has sent out a warning to NASA to prepare for an alien invasion very soon. Okay, so I had to say this because having Randy on too. The psychic spoonbender reckons a mass landing is in the cards after scientists found a huge energy, energy source 4,000 light years away, which is this thing I showed you. Yuri, who owns a private island in the Firth of Forth, told fans that there is no doubt in his mind. He has a really accurate track record, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure he does. No doubt in his mind the discovery is connected to alien intelligence. He urged the experts in Washington, D.C. to expect the unexpected. He announced on Instagram, a team mapping radio waves in the universe has discovered something unusual that releases a giant burst of energy three times an hour. And it's unlike anything astronomers have seen before. To me, he said, no doubt in my mind that this is connected to alien intelligence way superior to ours. So uh, let's see if he, yeah. So that's the gist. And I just had to share that because it was like, whoa, out of the clear blue, he's like, prepare for an alien attack, you know. Now, um, do you have anything to add to that, hon, before we continue? Um, no, I mean, I haven't seen that picture until you just showed it to me. And I don't follow Yuri, so I don't necessarily know what he's going on with or what he says. But um, it's interesting that he says he gave NASA a call to try and let them know as, as if they need someone to call them and let them know, you know, what's happening. But it's polite of him. Um, <laughs> no, I, I you yeah. know, I, I think something's something's coming something's happening we are definitely at an inevitable point of change in interaction exactly how that's going to roll out we'll see um you know we got several people who want to have their opinions or versions of what they think is going to happen i got a good track record behind me but i'm in no way trying to make a claim that everything that i say is has 100 percent how it's going to happen because i'm just repeating what's being told to me by our intel staff They've been right 100% so far, so fingers crossed I'm 100% right, but I'm not trying to claim that I am or that I will be, but I have a track record that so far is 100% accurate, so and, that's something to go with. Yeah, and people also, <clears throat> we have to be really careful not to just polarize, because the brain has been conditioned to just go, it's this or this. And what I find in all circumstances is you got at least five parallel options here oh yeah okay so what the purpose of the show is not to convince you it's going to happen or not going to happen the purpose of for me is if it happens you need to understand the various agendas you need to get a sense of the whole picture and why and now for the more positive part as randy said it appears in his intel that the reason for this, besides the last desperate attempt for control of the people on planet Earth, which, you know, you're not going to be ignorant enough when you have these details and you're not when someone comes and says, oh, we're going to set up the government for you, whatever trip's going on. You're saying, no, we the people are going to participate in this and slowly, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, the point is that afterwards so it looks like according to randy that med beds and incredible technologies <laughs> both randy i know about and many 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 people is still something to look forward to it will happen 
but he is saying it will happen after this fact in the reconstructive a you know stage the last stage and most of us will be involved in that unless we choose or exit you know and our kids I don't have kids, but you know what I mean? Our kids will be the ones working on rebuilding that. And they'll be really good. And they are prepared for this as souls. So Randy, Randy, um, you know, I mean, it's amazing. So I want you to share with people. We did this before in a previous show, but I still want people to have this in their mind that um, the really cool stuff that is going to be brought out, like the different kinds of, you know, just like examples of, say, 12 things. I have a list of 27 in front of me, but just what you know, what has been used on you, what you see, so that people can also hold a slightly long term. It's not a huge long term, but for the next, we're going to be in a reconstructive phase. And then, oh, it's, yeah. and, but, but because we have advanced things, we have 3D buildings, we have all kinds of things. It's going to pick up momentum once we get through oh, yeah. the dramatic part. So go ahead and share. So the med beds are number one. I think. Absolutely. I mean, things that can keep people alive and, you know, healthy from things that have killed people for thousands of years is a total game changer. Um, technology. So that technology uses the idea that you can tell different types of matter to reorder itself in this case we're talking about a biological organism turns out there's very similar technology that you can use to convince the matter molecules in water air and soil to also change themselves so there's a tremendous amount of pollution that we think about as just infused into the water infused into the soil infused into the air and that we're never going to be able to extract it or it's going to take a thousand years to get it all out and that's not true. There's technology that will enable us to clean soil, clean water, clean air. Oceans. Yeah. The o- my understanding, if, if you want to know how quickly this technology can work, my understanding is that they could clean every drop of water in the oceans on the entire planet in less than six months. I've heard three months. So we'll, I've, I've, we'll bargain. I've heard, I've heard six, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Three three is a short range, like maybe in three months, but I think six. Maybe they'll clean a pond. (laughs) Yeah. I mean that you you but you can literally clean million, you know, the equivalent of millions of gallons a second with it. You know, it's 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 really, really potent, powerful stuff. Um let's see. Uh Travel technology, I mean, a transportation technology, we're going to get to do away with commercial air traffic and have, yeah, and have commercial uh, aircraft that are using electrogravitics and magnetogravitic technology so that planes won't crash anymore and they'll be cheaper, Ch- flights will cost less because you won't, there will be no fuel cost because they won't be using petroleum fuel, they'll be using infinite you know, fuel, of course, of some size, even, even if they're using microatomic generators, they'll be using a, a fuel source that lasts 25 or 30 years, which is nothing compared to a tank of gas. You have to fill up every time, you know, you go somewhere. So fuel costs drop, insurance costs drop because they won't crash anymore. They won't drop out of the sky. If there's a malfunction, it'll just stop, hover there, you know, 
bring it down slow. Um, so transportation technology, computer technology, uh, we're going to get rid of all our computer hardware and we're going to integrate with the hardware that the intergalactic uh, internet is attached to. So we're all going to get new hardware. New laptop. Is that no, no, that Starlink is just a way in which we can communicate with sort of the internet without having a Wi-Fi connector. You basically have the equivalent of a sat phone that's communicating, you know, to the Starlink satellite system. So it's basically satellite Wi-Fi. Okay. Basically what that is. So describe describe what you were saying before I interrupted you. Describe. Yeah, basically the intergalactic internet runs on a system of hardware and software that has been being used for quite some time. And it's not compatible with the hardware and software that we have. So we're going to get to swap out all our old hardware with new hardware and learn new software languages and how to do new software programming and basically be able to plug right into the intergalactic internet, which means I could sit here at my laptop and I could go, oh, let's see if there's a vacation spot available on Antilles 5 next month. How much is the plane to, how much is the ship going to cost me? How much is the motel? I want to go on vacation to somewhere. Yeah, you can look, You'd be able to look up all that shit on the intergalactic internet and buy a t-shirt made somewhere else, or even better, sell the t-shirts you make to somebody else, which is what we're really going to be about is the fact that then that will enable us to interact with the rest of the galaxy and sell them our stuff. And they're going to get really excited about buying our stuff. And then the economy will do something we've never seen it do, which is instead of being a closed system that's just back and forth consuming itself all the time, we'll have an open system with the equivalent of a coal chute with just money going down it one way, filling up our economy with quadrillions of dollars a year. Okay. And... um... Have you heard about the Tesla Pi phone? The what now? Tesla Pi phone. Oh, no, I don't think I've heard about that. Okay. Uh, phones are going to be, okay. Is what you were describing, is that related to the quantum? quantum um, there, it is a quantum hardware. It is yeah. quantum computing hardware, but it's it's not like what anybody thinks it is other than that it's really fast as far as what people think quantum computing is it's really fast but as far as what people understand it to be it's not what people think it is can we communicate to different galaxies oh yeah sure you can send an email you can send an email have a have a video call yeah that's what i was told to tell them about um i just recently went and visited i'll just leave it like this very short date but fascinating (laughs) And visited a very unusual person who had full on the new watch, full on email, full on everything. Sure. So, you know, which I'm sure you guys use, I would bet. But, um, you know, it's going to be really exciting. Food replicators. Yeah, food replicators. Those will be coming uh, the ability to take all of our garbage and break it down into yes. its atomic, subatomic parts and then reuse it as industrial materials. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, um, and then there's smaller things, food. There's kind of like derma regeneration rods with infrared sure. for burns. So you can have many tools. We have, 
the, there's cosmetic handheld devices that you can buy now, but they're like five thousand, three thousand yeah. dollars. But those run by frequency, so you know we're we're going to be moving on ahead. But I, all those work, but the 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 med beds that I'm in love with are the five most advanced that Randy has been talking about. And for me, I use all kinds of different healing things as I'm a health researcher, but um, I'm waiting for those guys rather than, you know, because, so you're thinking we've got, instead of like immediately, you're saying, let me see if I get this right, that we're going to go through these, finish the, the third and fourth phase, and that, and that the rollouts will be happening in the next two to five years. Do you think that is a safe statement? That's a, I'd call that a safe bet. Yeah, that's a safe bet. Okay. Because people are going, is it going to be in my lifetime? And I'm going, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be in your lifetime. Plus, we have regeneration, age regression. You know, I mean, we're going to have all kinds of different things. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know you're really busy. I know you're in an active duty. They could call you out any second. Any minute. I I consider. And thank you so much for your time. And before you leave, I want you to tell them where they can contact you. And if it's too late for them to sign up for the last series of your um, psionics program. Um, it's, it's not, we just started uh, the first, I mean, there, there's basically each class runs for four sessions and we just had the first session. So it, it's, it's not impossible in any way, shape or form. If someone wanted to continue to do that, um, trying to think of where the best way best place for people to get that information from actually the best thing that people can do is if they're interested is to email me because they can go to my website uh and get some basic information and can get the links but if they want to get the bundle codes and stuff if they want to do anything it's best if they email me but they're both the same so my website is www.covertspacecowboy.com my email address is covertspacecowboy at gmail.com. So all you got to remember is covertspacecowboy, which I had, some, I had someone give me a hard time thinking that I came up with that myself. I did not come up with that myself. I had a colleague who was helping me with some rebranding who came up with that one. And I thought it was pretty decent, but someone tried to give me some crap for like coming up with that one himself. I didn't come up with that one himself. I had a colleague who came up with that. And I was like, that's cool. Let's do that. So, but. I personally didn't come up with that. Okay, Randy. Well, thanks for all you've done for lifetimes. My pleasure. And our protection and have a great day. Okay. My pleasure. Take care, Marilyn. Thank you. you.